to make sure that we get enough sleep. When we don't, again, you know, we are hardwired. Our brains are, are the same ones we had 200,000 years ago. We, we needed sleep because we were really active during the day. Um, so if you don't have enough sleep, your body produces a hormone called ghrelin, which stimulates appetite, which is why when we don't sleep enough, we are often hungry the next day. Mm -hmm. Ravenous. When we do sleep enough, um, we don't have that situation. You are listening to the Payal Nanjiani Leadership Podcast, the number one podcast in the world for leaders who want to be the best. Each episode is designed to help you recognize and overcome your leadership challenges and achieve great success at your work. This episode is brought to you by your host, Payal Nanjiani, a world-renowned leadership expert, executive coach, and author known for her leadership talks, corporate training, and executive coaching. To know more about Payal, visit her website, www.payalnanjiani.com. Welcome back to the Payal Nanjiani Leadership Podcast. This is your host, Payal Nanjiani. My father once told me that life asks you to pay a price for everything you ask of it. And that most of us pay the price of good health for our success. Today, young entrepreneurs and successful leaders are falling prey to ill health. Most professionals are so busy that they work through lunch in spite of the knowledge that we all have gained about mindful eating. It is strange that things that should be at the top of our list are not anywhere on our list. So how do we be healthy leaders without going on extreme diets for weeks and then cheat a week and without grabbing those energy drinks and caffeine to keep us going through long and tough days? To answer all these questions and to keep all we executives and leaders on track when it comes to our health. And so today we have with us Karen Koenig. Karen is a psychotherapist, international award-winning, eighth book author, national speaker, and a popular blogger. Her books and blogs are known for the wit and practical wisdom that she brings into it. She has over 30 years of experience in the field of eating psychology, teaching chronic dieters and emotional binge and overeaters to become normal eaters through using a non-diet, non-weight, focused approach to eating intuitively and creating joyous, healthy, and meaningful lives. And we are so honored to have her here on the Payal Nanjiani Leadership Podcast. And she joins us to speak about improve your leadership by improving your diet. Karen, thank you so much for being here. I know how precious your time is and you have taken the time to be on this podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks, Karen. And, um, you know, I was reading your blogs, I was reading your work, and you've written eight books. So I'm sure you have so much more to tell us, you know, than I, I've just introduced you in a very, very quick way. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Really, what got you into this field of, uh, of you know, health and, and fitness and, and, like you say, normal eating? What got me into it was my personal struggles and recovery from uh, chronic dieting, binge eating, emotional eating. I had a stint with bulimia. So um, I 
decided that I did not want to live my life that way. And I started reading books. Now, this was in the 1980s when the idea of not dieting and intuitive eating were uh, just coming around. So I read a lot of books um, and I determined I was going to become a normal eater, which I eventually did. And um, then I started teaching about it and writing about it. And so today I, you know, I meld um, my personal experience with my professional knowledge. And um, I, I love teaching people how to have a great life by taking care of their appetite as well as uh, meeting their other goals in life. Mm, okay. So uh, tell me something, Karen, you mentioned that, you know, your own personal struggles got you to do what you're doing. And uh, we are seeing that in the corporate world, you know, leaders are told to achieve their goals. They are told to achieve their targets. We're all focused on what we can achieve, but we really are. So I would say we are more onto the doing than we are on the being side of it. And uh, from what, you know, I've read about you and your work, you have been helping people to eat well. So what really does eating well mean? Eating well is different for everyone because we all are like thumbprints, you know, fingerprints. We all have unique appetites. Mm -hmm. For example, my husband eats two large meals a day. That's how he likes to do it. I, on the other hand, who don't like to be hungry from dieting and don't like to be full from binging, eat many small I wouldn't even call them meals a day. Okay. So eating well means according to appetite. That's one piece of it. Um, and of course, enjoying your food. <clears throat> and the other is nourishing your body with foods that are nutritious. And mm -hmm. I want to say at the outset, you know, we are a very good, bad, right, wrong society. But there are no, those are moral issues. Food is not a moral issue. I mean, it may be if you're talking about migrant workers picking, you know, food and not getting paid. But um, so thinking about it as nutritious and non-nutritious. So the second piece of eating well is eating foods that are nutritious. What we have, what we generally do, um, you know, people who are leaders are what I call often goalaholics. And I have a lot of them in my practice. Busy, 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 check off, check off, check off do well, perfectionism. So um, uh, I try to help people modify those traits and they don't have to be perfect eaters. Hmm. That's the thing. People want to be perfect at eating just as they're perfect at other things. And it's just not meant to be like that. We're meant to enjoy food and have it nourish us. True, true. So, uh, uh, Karen, earlier uh, in your introduction, I remember I also said something that you are having a lot of experience in the field of eating psychology. Is there really an eating psychology? Um, people who I, I think of it as studying the why and how of eating. Is there a certificate or a degree in it? No. But um, it is what makes us eat. What makes us not eat or eat the way we do or choose the foods or the portions. So um, I, I didn't quite coin the phrase, but um, it, 
certainly wasn't there when I started on my recovery in the early 80s. Um, but it's also putting food in perspective. You know, it's part of the rest of psychology. Hmm. Balancing life. I, I have so many clients and probably a lot of people in the audience use food to de-stress, relax. You know, they don't feel like they can take time out themselves, you know, because heaven forbid they're not working all the time and moving forward. So then they eat in order to de-stress or sort of make, make a break for themselves. Um, so their lives are very out of balance, to say the least. Okay. So um, just, just going with what you said that, you know, uh, it, 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 it's something what you decide to eat or you don't, don't eat. So executives, they have a very busy schedule, okay? And they often land up eating not well. Like you said, there is eating well. So uh, in your experience of 30 years, what have you seen, what impact does this not eating well have on their personal and professional life? Well, first of all, when we're not in sync with our appetite, it means we're really not in sync with our bodies. We're not in our bodies. So that's one major thing that we don't really want to not be in our bodies. Mm -hmm. We want to feel what we feel, have the food experiences that we do. And I don't mean you have to be a foodie and love every meal, but know when you're hungry, know whether you're enjoying something, know when you're full or satisfied. So it takes us out of our body. Um, it gives food a really odd emphasis. It's not just, well, yeah, it's pleasurable and nourishing. It becomes everything. I mean, I have a client who cannot watch TV without eating. Not yet. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. That, I, I, mean, I mean, those are a countless number of people who must be in front of the TV while they are eating. I'm, I'm so glad yes. you brought that up. Yes. Um, so, and that's a habit that people can break just like any other. And, you know, the really important thing I find with the people I work with, who are, you know, business leaders and uh, achievers, usually overachievers, is that they know motivation. They know how to reach goals. So mm -hmm. it's easier for them in some ways to become a normal eater, make the space to relax, heaven forbid, do nothing. Um, all those kinds of things because they know how to change their habits. So that's a real plus. Um, it feels very odd for people who are on the go all the time to sit and do nothing. Yeah. I'll say, take a timer. Do nothing while you're eating. What do you mean? Well, can I do the computer? No. Can I talk on the phone? No. At least while you're learning to connect with your body. Because... That's what you want to learn how to do so that when you're hungry, you eat, you eat, you enjoy food, mm. and then you stop when you're full or satisfied. You cannot do that. Imagine driving a car, learning to drive a car while you're eating a ham sandwich. True. You, you couldn't. You would have to focus on right turn, left turn, <laughs> gas, brake. So this new focus of connecting with body makes people very uncomfortable. But it pays off because then you don't need these external rules for eating. You've got it all in here. Mm, that's true. And, and something that you said, you know, that um, uh, eating while, while driving, like you said. 
but there is there are so many of us who now this term has come out you know uh, what we call is uh, working lunch so basically while you are working you have your lunch so i think that will have the same impact like you said you know you're not really concentrating on what's going inside of you and uh, you are busy on the computer whereas the food is on the other side so working lunch has become so common these days in spite of everyone knowing to be that they are supposed to be mindful but it's interesting because studies tell us that the more people at the table the more everyone eats so maybe if you're with one other person it's not that bad but if you have a whole room full of people you know people are likely to eat more but still you know we were all taught in school on you know eyes on your own paper same thing yeah. eyes on your own plate sure I, i teach people to slow down chew when you're talking don't eat when you're eating don't talk swallow before you take your next mouthful you know slow as if it's all in slow motion and certainly successful people of all people tend to work on two tracks you can listen to what other people are saying think about what you want to say and also pay attention to eating mm. you don't have to forsake one or the other so i think people can do working lunches the problem is taking time out period from work Okay. that and getting that balance that is what is key and that people feel guilty when they do that they feel there's yeah. something wrong i should be working i you know should need to have to well, that external pressure true i so needed to hear that today uh, karen because <laughs> especially when you said uh, you know eat slowly and chew your food and swallow it before you take the next bite i think i think i really needed to hear that today so uh, i also read one of your blogs where you had spoken about measuring you know the the diet and everything so what is the best uh, best way to measure health and diet progress i i'm what i'm going to tell you sounds very different i think than what you usually hear but it's about changing habits there's three ways to measure progress do you do the new behavior more than the old behavior? See, this is not about weight loss or carbohydrates or cholesterol it's changing you deciding what new habits you want so mm -hmm. do you do the new habit more than the old do you have longer periods of doing the new habit and uh shorter periods of doing the old habit and when you fall back into let's say uh you know eating chips while you you know watching a ball game mm -hmm. um do you say to yourself oh, i don't want to do this you know your awareness when you're doing the behavior you don't want that's how i help me people measure progress <clears throat> mm -hmm. diets don't work we know that we've heard it over and over again there's science behind it so pound you know we can lose the pounds but about 95% of people lose weight regain it 90% regain more than they lost so diets make us better we can't use diets and weight loss yeah you can measure it by clothes but it's it's how you feel and what your goals are True. so um if if you can say these are my goals how am i doing reaching them how am i making progress that's the best you can do true 
and um, and just with what you what what you are saying about eating well and uh, that diets you know crash diets really don't work they actually get you uh, more weight and more uh, uh, problems in your health than you can imagine so what are some of the healthy eating tips that you can give for busy executives well no there's eating according to appetite which is the why and the how and then there's the what what the what is nutrition mm -hmm. so what i encourage people to do is reconnect to appetite learn to eat when you're hungry learn to cope with emotional problems other other ways than through mm. food we eat a lot during emotional problems right yes yes yeah. and um you know well again the cultural message is food is love food is nourishment it's pleasure but food is not love um we you know, we're just obsessed with food mm. in this paradoxical way you know it's love hate more 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 no i need to be thinner less 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 oh yeah so, and, and 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 just like with what you said i want to add something here karen uh, is that uh, you know uh, you walk down the aisle you know food lion or kroger or harris teeter and you have so many options you know everything looks looks yummy and tasty and everything is like oh this is going to help you this will uh, you know you will uh, not only it's just not about weight but you know like uh, uh, stuff like oh this is going to help you to uh, remain healthy you're not going to be uh, binge eating this is healthy snack so i think with just what you said it reminds me when i walk down that aisle of food lion or harris teeter just any grocery store there is there are so many options and every option looks hey you know what if i just choose this one nothing's going to happen i'm i'm going to be fine so i just remember that when you spoke about these uh, these tips but yeah please please continue with that more um so there is the internal part of connecting to appetite and not snacking I mean, if you're hungry eat you know if you just at the refrigerator because you you know you don't want to finish a project it's not where you belong so um focusing on food filling emotional needs other way ways um and so once you eat more normally then i think you can tweak it to be healthier for instance if you're having high fat milk maybe you go to low fat or maybe occasionally you have cream but most of the time you have non fat um there aren't that many i'm not begun following nutrition rules um you don't have to do it perfectly i can't say that enough to people who are strivers and achievers mm. that, that's not the goal um but then you can tweak your diet as long as it doesn't then feel like a weight loss diet so what the normal eating connecting to appetite then looking at nutrition because if you move into the nutrition too fast you feel like you're on a diet. You, know, you can there's no food that's off limits. It's just is this really what I want? You know, is how does this feel in my body? Um and can I eat just a small amount of it and enjoy it and move on? Okay. Um hope food, food is like the answer to every question in our culture or it has become and it Absolutely. it's um it, it really misrepresents food. 
Yeah, because like there is so much of information now everywhere that I think people have also become uh, conscious, but at the same time, they're not aware of what's the right things, like you're mentioning the right things today. So uh, what should we include in our diets on a regular basis that can help us to avoid this binge eating that you spoke about or eating, you know, the wrong foods? Or how, do, how do we just avoid that? Uh, especially, like I said, we, you know, the executives, the leaders are so busy in their day-to-day -day work. So uh, what, what, what would be your tips and what should we include in our diet? Well, I'm going to start from a different angle, which is sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. To make sure that we get enough sleep. When we don't, Again, you know, we are hardwired. Our brains are, are the same ones we had 200,000 years ago. We, we needed sleep because we were really active during the day. Um, so if you don't have enough sleep, your body produces a hormone called ghrelin, which stimulates appetite, which is why when we don't sleep enough, we are often hungry the next day. Mm -hmm. Ravenous. When we do sleep enough, um, we don't have that situation. So... Getting enough sleep. Um, again, I'm going to move away from diet. I'll come back to it. But resting, doing fun things, creative things. Productive is not better than non-productive. That's artificial. It's just not true. We need the non-productive to be productive. Mm -hmm. So learning to do nothing, learning to leave a... Your checklist, unchecked. Things will be done tomorrow. But in terms of food, um, finding your own best style of eating. Um, it's usually protein at every meal. Um, small portions, you can always go back for more. Finding foods, not eating foods because you feel you should, but because you enjoy them. My, my mother was a normal eater. She really wasn't wild about vegetables. But, you know, she always had vegetables. Because she thought, this is going to feel good in my body and do good things for my body. So, um, balancing what you like. with We know what's nutritious now and what isn't. And putting those two together. There's no specific foods um, that, that I would recommend. But I'm also not a dietitian. Mm -hmm. true true okay but no i think that gives a clear idea at least that where where we are heading to so i know like you know we you have given so many tips and advices but just to wrap this up if you were to uh, if you were to give one advice to people to do so that they can maintain healthy eating habits what would that advice be from you karen it would be not to diet for weight loss you have to diet because you have uh, other kinds of food sensitivities, allergies, but to um, not focus on weight, focus on health, Met what foods make you he mentally healthy and physically healthy. Mm -hmm. okay. You really can't go wrong with that. Okay. Okay. Wow. I think that was great, uh, Karen. Uh, you know, I, I know diet and uh, health are such topics that you and I could you know, go on speaking about it, especially with the years of experience you have. But uh, thank you so much for being here on this podcast and sharing your incredible insights with all of us. My pleasure. And thank you for your thoughtful questions. Thank you, Karen. And this one's for our listeners. Uh, this is Payal Nanjani and Karen wishing you loads of success. 
Until the next episode, God bless.